so relevant, but how you feel about your responsibility online. And um, I love that that is where your focus is, is on, you know, the energetics and meditation and just kind of this more high vibrational content. And then a year like 2020 happens and into 2021, and there is kind of this pressure or this perceived pressure from an audience to be something, to speak on fill in the blank. And, you know, we've been talking about it a lot, how, you know, you're mentioning self-sovereignty and it's like, our prayer is that you will always come back to yourself Mm -hmm. and like really check in with how do you feel? Yeah. I've had moments where I'm like, if someone asks me how I feel about something, I automatically am thinking like, what did I see on Instagram today? How are people feeling? Like subconsciously, yeah. it's wild. 100%. Yeah. So I'm just curious, like your experience with that, especially over the last year. Yeah, you know, I I feel that this last year I've probably got not that I was ever intentionally inauthentic. I don't think I think I've always been showing up as whatever version mm-hmm. of myself I've been in each moment. But I think this year I've just gotten really clear on what I want to do with social media. You know, so often I have so many friends um, that have like huge followings or are influencers and they're always like, oh, you should try this. You should try that. And I think what's what's true for me is that I don't care. Like, it's really not a concern for me. If anybody feels so called to follow me, thank you. Like, come along for the journey. But it does not feel comfortable for me or serving. And thankfully, just when it comes to how I earn money, it's not necessary I don't want to market myself in that kind of way. And I don't want to create content just for me that minimizes my understanding of the work just for engagement. Um, If that means less followers, I am okay with that. I love my life. I love myself. Mm -hmm. Like I'm okay with that, but I know how I want to show up in the world. And so I, I just try to really honor that. I'm more of a long form person. I want to have a long conversation. I don't want to truncate it into a 30 second conversation. You know, I want to have, even if it's not, you know, algorithmically, uh, the best intention, I like long captions, I want to fully express myself and what my thought is. And for those that it resonates with, they'll engage and maybe we can continue to connect. And for those that don't, there's so many beautiful resources um, that speak in the languaging that is best suited for them. But this pandemic has got me really clear on that, you know, even, even being able to disengage from doing like highly curated content, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, well, I'm not putting on a full face of makeup inside of my house to take some pictures right now. (laughs) So you're going to get all this face. You're going to get everything, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I've actually really been liking that. It's helped me. It's helped me enjoy social media more. Mm -hmm. When I look at my feed, I see myself. I see myself exactly as I am. If I were to connect with someone in person And I really like that. Wow. It's beautiful. Wow. I can't wait for that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Something that I've been wanting to talk to you about too, and I think it speaks to that is, and something that I think we're going through right now, which is part of the healing journey and how to find joy in it. Because, you know, for me, it's been, it kind of feels like an oxymoron at times to feel joyful when I'm going through a shedding or an up level or a transformation. And I'm trying to think of a joyful transformation I've had in my life and like what 
that's felt like, and I can't find like a touchstone because most of my biggest transformations have been through hard times. Yeah. So how do you find joy in your healing? Mm. This has been um, one of the greatest pleasures of my life mm. of extending that to myself. You know, a big shift came for me really about two years ago when I started re-examining the way that I experienced myself. And I think I'm somebody who at every, at every different developmental stage of my life, I've always been regarded as really strong or the fixer, even as a child, like somebody that had maybe sometimes a word to offer or something, a perspective. And with that is a lot of pressure and it can really turn you into someone who becomes consumed with the quote unquote fixing of other people. And when you do that, it seems really righteous, mm -hmm. right? You seem like, yeah, I'm a good person. Look what I do mm -hmm. for people. Look how I'm showing up. But it's really just another tool of avoidance. It's another way to not see yes. yourself, another way to not work on yourself. And something that I had this breakthrough when I was driving, I was actually driving in Santa Monica two years ago. And I was like, oh my God, you have been equating your self-worth with how much pain you can tolerate, mm. with how resilient you are. It's, it's been called strength, right? Which makes it feel like there's some reverence to it. But what is it really? It's the societal conditioning that I'm not allowed to feel, that I have to plow through, that I have to show up for other people first and martyr myself, that I'm not able to heal and I will probably break down at some point. So when I had that initial understanding, I was floored <laughs> for myself. And then I started um, really investigating well, what is the path to healing? And what are my barriers that I have up against healing? If my intention is to stand in the fullness of remembering my wholeness, how do I get there with urgency and with ease? And so then the wheels started really turning. Okay, what, what are the things you want to invite into your life? Effortless ease in all things and in all ways, abundance in all forms grace, supernatural grace to cover me through any challenge I face. And then also like a relentless joy. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what joy meant at that time. You know, I thought of joy closer to happiness, but happiness usually requires a catalyst of some kind. Joy is like this deep aboding within your body, this knowingness of safety and trust, mm -hmm. this ability to feel gratitude in every moment for everything. And so I started saying, how can I cultivate more of that? How do I get to know that piece? And so I started slowly and I kind of started this thing on my, on my Instagram around tiny joy, like mm -hmm. finding tiny joy. We have been so brainwashed really because of social media and the comparative nature of it to think that joy wins. Everything has to be big. I have to do a specialized post about how I'm winning mm -hmm. or I have to, you know, it's joy if I'm standing in front of Disneyland, but joy is also, wow, I was sitting in the car at the stoplight and the way the sun just hit my face through the window felt incredible. Mm -hmm. Can I savor that? Mm -hmm. Can I close my eyes in that moment? And that's now how I experience joy. It's really rooted in, can I savor this moment? Can I close my eyes and take a breath? Can I find beauty in something no matter what? And this year was such a beautiful testing ground for that because we didn't have much to do. We didn't have many distractions. It was hard to experience joy in the way that we previously had. So it really started with me going in my backyard and looking at a flower 
or smelling a leaf, you know, like really getting down to like the molecular, you know, minuscule ways in which I could taste and see and savor Mm -hmm. all of the things that really were beautiful about me um, and about my life. And so, you know, the understanding that I'm at now, the way that I operate is healing, growth, it does not have to come through pain, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so many of us, you know, not just are we walking through the things we walk through in our regular lives as adults, but you're doing all of this inner child work at the same time, all of this reparenting, you know, investigating self means coming down, down to the, the studs, to the floorboards of when you first started disconnecting from yourself, you know, and so it's like, when I look through that lens, I'm like, oh, I need to treat myself like I treat any child, right? With that same tenderness, with that same grace, with that same like enthusiasm for healing. If my son, who's two and a half, something happens, I comfort him first. And then I say with enthusiasm, okay, but let's redirect. What else can we do? Or how do you feel now? Like mm-hmm. there, there's this way that we extend ourselves to others with compassion that we just don't do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I started saying, I'm going to talk to myself like I speak to my son. Then that slowly started opening me up. Um, and I believe that, you know, healing can come in the twinkle of an eye. Mm-hmm. Healing can be a dissolving instead of a fighting against, mm-hmm. you know. And so often when we want to grow we think to ourselves, oh, I need to fix myself. This is something I have to fix. This is, oh, I just have so many things I'm working on and I just need to change this about me. And it's really just accepting yourself in the moment and say, no, I need to remember that I'm whole. I need to remember that I have the tools. And connecting with self, really being in that space of silence, of stillness, you know, that's the way to always return home. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose. And follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.